Hello, and welcome to the 15th dose of Magic for Realists. This one's called Remixing Reincarnation. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to celebrate and point out some of what I like to call the poetry of existence, some of the things in ordinary, normal, everyday life that I feel have magic in them, that give us delight and wonder and kind of spark our curiosity. And this particular week, I'm making this podcast because I want to try and share with you kind of a large, it's not a theory, it's more like a way of thinking about something that I find really stimulating and interesting, and I think you might as well. And it's a follow-over from last week's dose about, well, not about the Easter Bunny, but about the reincarnation portion of that. Some of you responded with some interesting comments and just interest in that topic. And so I'm going to share with you my many years running now, um, kind of the way I like to think about reincarnation currently. So, uh, I think that's about it for my intro. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you hear some noises in the background, I think the grater is working on my, uh, I live on the end of a gravel road and it's smoothing the road over, which is quite delightful, but noisy. And I'm sitting at home with the sun, the spring sunshine pouring through the window. It's so lovely. I hope that wherever you are, you're also enjoying the turning of the season. Okay, so uh, this is a. I, I hope this isn't as tricky to explain as I think it might be. <laughs> so it's gonna be like little step by step to get this idea across. Uh, yeah, and I might do more pauses than usual. Okay, so last week I talked about how. I've been pretending to believe in reincarnation for a few years to try that out and see how it affected my life. Um, So then you might be wondering, well, do I actually believe in reincarnation? Which on one hand is kind of a private matter and I'm not sure we really need to concern ourselves with other people's beliefs in that matter, but it's also fascinating and I don't, I don't mind talking about it. Um, So this is this is probably the the working thing that I actually believe. So as in like classic reincarnation that we have um, multiple lives that our soul comes back to inhabit. I pretend to, like I try on that as a belief, but I'm not sure as it actually completely fits me yet. Maybe it will, um, but I want to share with you what, what does fit and... As I said, it's not really a theory that sounds quite uh, technical and maybe even researched or experimented upon. I have not, uh, I mean, I haven't uh, had awareness of, of multiple lives, so I haven't really tried this out. As far as I know, I'm only aware of this one. However, the theory, it's almost like a musical theory. Musical theory is like the the way that notes and patterns and and classical music works, and so I'm going to draw on ideas from music, and 
it helps if you hold the image of a piano or piano notes or like music notes on paper, whatever instrument you're used to the most. But piano is kind of, for me, the, the one I first learned music on. So that's what I'm referencing in my head. Okay, so kind of like musical notes, either on a piano or on a page, I see life as composed of all sorts of notes and rests and and there's all different ways to play the notes. You can slur them together or you can make them staccato and, and separated. And there's lots of notes. The notes being the term I'm going to use for all sorts of bits of either information or material. So for example, you have hair cells, you have fingernail cells, you have uh, blood cells, you have uh, your DNA at a smaller level, you have your RNA, you have proteins, you have all this physical matter that makes up your body. And those notes uh, existed before you. They, uh, they came from maybe plants or way far back from the stars, uh, from the dirt that you accidentally ate, from some water that you drank. And if you were to really kind of dissect the story of all the notes that compose your physical body, they would come from a very, very diverse range in the universe, really. And all back through time. And as I understand it, all the matter in the universe is kind of recycling itself. Like it, maybe there's new things actually being made, but let's just go with this sort of uh, the basic understanding that the molecules are getting recycled. Like, you know, you you fertilize your, your garden, then the plant grows, then you eat the plant, and then you use the composting toilet, <laughs> for example. And, you know, the animals are doing that same cycle, the water has a cycle, and all these molecules, atoms, down to the very small, are taking on different forms, but being uh, turned over in the universe. So, it's kind of like those musical notes of all those molecules or atoms are getting constantly rearranged into different phrases. And it's the same notes that the universe is working with, and then they just get built into different, or composed, is a gentler word, into different um, phrases or manifestations or outcomes. So the molecules are getting combined to be a kale leaf, and then they're getting rearranged inside your stomach, and they're coming out as energy for you to go for a run. This whole process itself is completely magical and amazing. And I'm going through it rather quickly for how immense this is. This is like the way everything works. And so imagine all those pieces are like notes getting composed in different phrases, different melodies, different symphonies that are hugely complex over and over again in the world. You know, a tree gets refashioned into a house that then 
gets demolished and goes back into the land where some other trees grow. Maybe it gets burned and then it's heat. Everything is transforming from one state to the other without the energy really being ever lost, as I understand it. Again, I'm not uh, deeply into technical um, biology and physics, so this is my like very layman's um, explanation. Okay, next part is that your life is also made up of the notes of ideas and experiences. So these are the the less physical, but I think still very real uh, parts that compose your life. So even as I am recording this, I'm putting sound bits or bites into a recording, which you will then listen to as little bits of information almost a little bit musical when I get a particularly sing-songy voice. And so you're having an experience with these notes, and then you might have an idea, which is also an entity composed of little notes, shall we call it. So your thoughts, your ideas, your likes, your experiences, think of them all like other musical notes also making up phrases of experience and ideas. So another way to think about this is almost like letters getting recombined to spell different words, and then the words being combined to make different sentences and paragraphs and whole books and whole stories. This is a metaphor that literate cultures can see on paper. If you're an oral culture, you would know the phrasing of the, the story and the way the elements of the story get recombined and and maybe sung a different way or told a slightly different way, but the elements are rearranged in the same story. Okay, so now this is where it gets a little bit stretchy. I think we easily, or I easily recognize that some molecules or notes are repeated. For example, when I look at my face, I can see some repeated notes from my mother, some shared notes from my sister, some from my grandmother, and some from my dad. And I can see this in, in my stature, in you know the shape of my eyes and the way I smile, that this, these particular notes, it's like the phrasing of what it is to be in my family is slightly different in me but it's like you can recognize it you know like when you hear a piece of music and you can tell that it's you know this a similar piece just or like a different rendition of the same song it's amazing that we can actually like it could sound very different it could be on a totally different instrument and something about about the the composition of the notes lets us know that it's the same song so similarly, you might look at me and look at my grandmother and go, oh, like I can see the similarity. Like it's amazing that we recognize that. Um, but we're, it's, it's quite natural. And, and we find it confusing when somebody really looks like somebody else and isn't them or isn't related to them, the whole doppelganger phenomenon. And this happens in music too sometimes where you hear, you hear like a phrase like at the beginning of a song and then you think it's going to be the song that you're expecting and it turns out to be a different one 
because the phrase was quite similar, but then just changed a little bit. So we recognize this easily in DNA lineages. We also feel something with people that we, we might even use the word resonate with, which is kind of musical, where something about their spirit and, and our spirit feels really akin. Maybe we call them a kindred spirit, or we call them our hero, or we just kind of have a thing about this person. The other day, somebody came into, the, into my work, and they, wanted, they brought in their calendar, because I needed to record some dates, and they brought in their full-sized Marilyn Monroe calendar, like not a little day book, but like the full off-the-wall Marilyn Monroe calendar. And she said, I'm like, oh, nice calendar. Mostly, I don't know if I really like Marilyn Monroe, but I liked the the certainty of this huge calendar walking in. And uh, she said, oh, I just love Marilyn. And every year, that's all I want for Christmas is a Marilyn Monroe calendar. I have to have her every year. So I would hazard that this woman feels some sort of kinship or spark or inspiration from Marilyn Monroe, who I'm pretty completely sure she's never met in person and is not related to. So we can have this resonance with notes of maybe idea or passion or even um, heritage or location to other people and even to places or ideas. Have you ever arrived somewhere and you've never been there before, but you feel like deeply comfortable or at home? Maybe it's that some phrasing inside of your music and the music of that place are syncing up or have, have the same bass note or have, have a similar phrasing. We might feel this way with poets or authors that we read where we haven't met them in, in person and we feel like they're, they're either speaking to us or almost like they captured some ideas that we haven't been able to express. So again, think of this like in in this working model or or, or thought playfulness that I have. Think of these like uh, musical notes and that these phrases are popping up in various places. So my question is, at what point of this repeatedness would it be appropriate to call something a reincarnation? Uh, what and and this and to think of it like the remix of a song and we're used to these little bits being repeated and maybe for some people once enough of it is similar then it feels most appropriate to call it a reincarnation that there's Maybe if a lot of the song sounds the same, or if a lot of it's on the same instrument, or if it just has a similar, you know, kind of feeling to it, maybe calling it a remix isn't so much of a stretch. And I love this image of the music because I feel like it allows me to encompass all sorts of understandings of how life recycles and how things come back. And... It feels expansive enough for me not to need to argue 
or um, dismiss really anybody's perspective on um, on life coming back. I feel like everybody has a little a little sense of this. Maybe it's just the sense of like I look like my grandmother, and so something of her has come back in me. Or maybe it's the full blown classical sense of I my soul lived before. And now it's living now and it's having multiple lifetimes within this, this metaphor of musical notes getting remixed in different fashions. I feel like I have room for all of those. And as I said at the beginning, I don't personally have a really strong awareness, or at least not yet, of lives I, my soul has lived before. But I, I do feel like a lot of the notes that I'm playing in this life are not new, that I'm just combining them in a new way. And in that sense, this has been done before. This particular thing that I'm doing feels quite new. Like, I don't feel like I've done, I don't know what has of this, if any, I've ever done before. And now I want to bring in one more element, which is that The sense of I, me saying, I've done this before. As we extend our awareness and look at the the nature of small reality, like down to atoms and quantums and all that stuff, and as we expand out in social media and internet interwovenness, I think on both those levels, the edges of where we stop and where something else begins are getting quite permeable. So like I put out a podcast and now this portion of me could be anywhere in the world. Anybody could, almost anybody, anybody with access to the internet, which is becoming quite ubiquitous, could listen to this. Some people wouldn't understand it because it's in English, but these notes could, could extend so far. And that way the edge of me has become really blurry and really permeable. Or even the, where, do my, where does my, my skin edges end? If I'm dropping off skin molecules and I'm wearing clothes, is it, you know, do I now encompass the floor where my skin fell? Or is it appropriate to say that I end at the outside of my clothes or the inside? And all these ways are the boundaries of selfness are kind of, blurry and and then we get into identity and ego and subconscious and that gets a whole other realm of like the parts that are influencing who I think I am are not entirely clear so if you combine blurry edges with repeated notes do you feel how saying that that I come back again is is very reasonable because what am I exactly anyways now other than a particular phrasing of music and if most of those or maybe all of those notes have been played before and will get remixed into something else won't I then be something else I just I get really kind of I'm sort of twitching my hands as I talk about this like as if they're sort of spinning a spider web because I find it really fascinating and 
I hope kind of a stretchy enough idea that you can just, yeah, kind of weave into it like a little spider and, and twirl around and see what else you make of this metaphor of repeated notes and remixed lives and see, uh, see where that takes you. And I'd like to end by reading a section of, uh, quite a long section actually, of David Abrams' book, The Spell of the Sensuous, which is an incredible book, which I have actually tried reading many times, and I haven't got all the way through it yet, because it's so dense and it has to hit you at the right time of life. But it's still fantastic, even if you don't read all of it. The first, I'm on page 15, the first 20 pages themselves are phenomenal. So, uh, here we go, just a second, let me set up. Okay, this is in a chapter called The Ecology of Magic. Each indigenous culture elaborates this recognition of metamorphosis in its own fashion, taking its clues from the particular terrain in which it is situated. Often the invisible atmosphere that animates the visible world, the subtle presence that circulates both within us and between all things, retains within itself the spirit or breath of the dead person until the time when that breath will enter and animate another visible body, a bird or a deer or a field of wild grain. Some cultures may burn or cremate the body in order to more completely return the person as smoke to the swirling air, while that which departs as flame is offered to the sun and stars. And that which lingers as ash is fed to the dense earth. Still other cultures may dismember the body, leaving certain parts in precise locations where they will likely be found by condors, or where they will be consumed by mountain lions or by wolves, thus hastening the reincarnation of that person into a particular animal realm within the landscape. Such, such examples illustrate simply that death in tribal cultures initiates a metamorphosis wherein the person's presence does not vanish from the sensible wor world, for where would it go, but rather remains as an animating force within the vastness of the landscape, whether subtly in the wind or more visibly in animal form, or even as the eruptive, ever-to-be-appeased wrath of the volcano. Quote, ancestor worship, quote, in its myriad forms, then, is ultimately another mode of attentiveness to non-human nature. It signifies not so much an awe or reverence of human powers, but rather a reverence for those forms that awareness takes when it is not in human form, when the familial human embodiment dies and decays to become part of the encompassing cosmos. This cycling of the human back into the larger world ensures that the other forms of experience that we encounter whether ants or willow trees or clouds, are never absolutely alien to ourselves. Despite the obvious differences in shape and ability and style of being, they remain at least distantly familial, even distantly familiar, even familial. It is paradoxically this perceived kin kinship or consanguinity that renders the difference or otherness so eerily potent.
You might have to rewind and listen to that again. (laughs) So I hope you can feel this idea that things are coming back around in awareness and in, in spirit and that maybe trying on this idea that reincarnation is like music, like remixing songs will will give you some wonder and appreciation, maybe gentleness. Uh, I wonder how it feels to think about this and how you notice your relationship to the more than human world and to other humans shifting as you play with this. I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to tell me any of these reflections. And I always love knowing who is listening and what you think of of these thoughts and, and where they take you. It often inspires where I go next. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your feedback. And please feel free to get in touch. There's a few ways to do that. You can find me on Instagram at Magic for Realists. You can also look at the website, magicforrealists.ca, and get in touch with me those ways. You can also leave a quick hello in the voice note link at the bottom of the episode. That's just a quick way to say hi, and uh, I love hearing your voices. Also, it's pretty classic at the end of a podcast for people to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe, which of course I'm also going to do because it's nice to hear your reviews and it also helps other people out there in the ether find this podcast, which uh, was delightful to me. And if you personally know any other realists who could use a little magic, please share this podcast with them and uh, yeah, spread the love. So until next time, May you enjoy the magic of the real world in all its phrasing and in all its remixes. Bye for now.